I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. Oh, Lord, God Almighty, who is like you? It's probably no surprise we're going to sing this together, so please, stand. We're here to praise you. 117, praise the Lord. And you are worthy of praise in the city of our God, the holy place, the joy of the whole earth. Great is the Lord in whom we have the victory. He aids us against the enemy. And Father, now we bow down on our knees as we sing PTL 35. We will praise his name forever, not just this morning. I will worship. Let's pray together. I will declare that your love, Father, stands firm forever. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. And with my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Father God, who is like you? We come into your awesome presence this morning to give you praise, to give you honour, to give you glory, to worship you. It's a word that's used far too much, but we mean it in its truest sense, in our hearts to bow down before you, who in reality we should have nothing to do with because you are too great, too strong, too powerful. But thank God you are so loving. Thank you for bringing us to this place this morning. Help us enjoy the time we spend together with you. And I hope, Lord, you enjoy the time you spend with us. Thank you, Father. Amen. That's an instruction. <coughs> That's what it says on there. So it's now my pleasure to actually welcome Sarah East, who was, for those who don't know, was baptised a couple of weeks since. But what I'm going to do before I actually do welcome Sarah is just talk a little bit about why we're doing this, particularly for anybody who's not been part of this before. Um, Membership is one thing, but actually the family of the Lord Jesus is something so much bigger. It's so much more important, it's so much more meaningful. And I'm not just this morning welcoming Sarah into membership at Old Trafford. I'm not just welcoming her into membership at the Bethel. I'm welcoming Sarah into our relationship with our Father. And over the next few minutes, again, for those who have not been part of this before, we're going to welcome Sarah, and Sarah is going to make you some promises. And the good news is, you're going to make some back. 
Because this is about our family in Jesus. This is about our family together. In this church, in this building, in this world, and us being Jesus to the people around us. Please, stand. Air announcements, which this week have been provided by uh, Becky Sutton. Uh, Marion has had a bad week uh, health-wise, but had been really touched by people phoning or writing. She really appreciates the support of her brothers and sisters. So, um, and I, I think uh, the last time that, that it was announced about Marion, it was suggested it's better to write. So, um, if you want to send cards, all right. I'm sure that's still appropriate. Um, Elaine's feeling much better uh, after some medication and physio for her back, uh, and he's here as evidence of that. So that's uh, so that's good. Um, ben, for those of you who don't know, was uh, involved in a car accident last Sunday. Uh, and has, he's, he's still in, uh, it says a lot of pain here, but he's a bloke, so I'll just say, Ben's still in pain um, as a result. He's otherwise okay, but shaken. I'm very thankful not to have been more badly injured. Um, I understand it was pretty spectacular, is that right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Nathan joined Pardon? Nathan joined Oh, Nathan was in, you were in the same accident? Yeah, yeah okay, right. Uh, well, uh, our, uh, are you in pain? Okay, right, fine. Right, we'll, uh, we'll think of you as well, Led. Yeah. Um, I've got um, uh, no other specific news from uh, inside the church, but uh, we're asked to remember Gladys, who's, you know, uh, he's, not, he's never in the best of health, are you, Gladys? So... Uh, no, you look puzzled, I'm sorry. Um, Issa, who's in Sierra Leone, uh, and John Bonani in the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, to think of them. Um, I've also got a, 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 a note um, uh, to tell us that um, Helen and Paul's nephew, Lucas, um, who, who's, who's about four, I think, uh, is in hospital with a serious undiagnosed chest infection. Um, many of you will have met him and his parents, Vicky and Phil, at our carol services. Uh, and so please could we pray for the family who are extremely worried uh, about him. So uh, that's uh, Helen Paul's nephew, Lucas. Has anybody got any other um, care announcements? Uh, Julia? Uh, Shall we just uh, pray and think about uh, the people we've been talking about then? Uh, Heavenly Father, on Sundays, we always end up with a list of, of people that we know about who, who are not well and, uh, or who are suffering in, in other ways through, through bereavement or, um, or, or worry about things that, that are coming. And um, some we know about and some we, we, we've mentioned here, um, like Marion and Elaine and Ben and Nathan and the others who are in the car and uh, Gladys, uh, Richard, uh, Sam and Jacob uh, and Simon's mum. There are others too, Lord, that we don't know about or or people who keep quiet about the things that that they're suffering. Um, But we ask you to be with them just just as much and, um, and to help us to be responsive to people in their need to see when, when, when people are, are struggling um, and to give them support, to 
hold out a helping hand, to put an encouraging arm around uh, those who need it so that we may be your hands in the world, Lord, and may give the physical comfort to people um, And, Father, we pray that you you will help and strengthen them, that you will encourage their spirits um, and help them, even though they're in difficult times, to remember that you love them and that you care for them. Father, we pray for all those in need and we ask your blessing in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to take you back in time. I'm going to take you back to a date that actually means quite a lot to me. It'll become clear why. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take you back to December the 14th, 2010. And I'm going to take you back to 20 to 1 in the morning. Because at 20 to 1 in the morning, on December the 14th, 2010, a flashlight went off. Okay, so, where? In Liverpool, actually, on Edge Lane, due to the fact that I, Trevor Paul Standing, was travelling at 38 miles per hour in a 30 limit. It's alright, there's no film in the camera, I'm safe. December the 20th, 2010, for those who may know, is my birthday, or was my birthday. And it was, as it always is, just one of those things I do, a day off work. And even though the persona might suggest otherwise, I'm still a big kid at heart, so when the post comes, downstairs I go, have a look, see what's there, and guess what? I'd got a card from Merseyside Police. And they bought me two presents. They bought me three points and a £60 fine. But, remember this, whenever you buy something for somebody, you should always give a receipt. And then they have the opportunity to send it back if they don't like it. And Merseyside Police were no exception to that rule. Because they had a receipt, and the receipt was in the form of a speed awareness course. At which point I could send the three points back. There's a number of people around the room nodding, which makes me feel I'm not on my own in this, which is good. 30 years driving. 30 years driving. And it's the first time ever I've been caught. I was so disappointed. Not just at being caught. I was affronted a bit. And my pride took a bit of a bash. Because it was 20 to... Sorry, it had been the work due that evening. I don't normally frequent Liverpool at 20 to 1 in the morning. And I was just driving back afterwards. The road was clear and, yeah, there we go. But that's not the point, is it? And I'm not in any way, as you'll see from what I'm going to say this morning, belittling the importance of actually being aware of speed. So time goes by and I get the appointment come through and it's on the 2nd of February at half past five. 
Four hours. Four hours? Four hours to do a course on speed awareness. My goodness. Well, the good news is it's in Carrington. So it's only just around the corner from home, so I can go and do it. So I arrived and I sat there. And at the point I got there, there was a little warning, by the way, on the notice, which said, if you arrive late, you will not be allowed into the room and you will receive the three-point fine. I got there actually so early I was the only person there and then people started to arrive. And just to give you an idea, and anybody who has been through this, it is quite a sobering thought, that that evening at half past five, Carrington itself was running two courses for 30 people each. They run those courses three times a day, every day, and that is just Carrington. Okay? There's courses all over the country and I am not on commission for Merseyside Police. There is film in the camera. Be aware of that. Not just in a speeding sense. Okay. Time for a bit of fun? Shall we test? Shall we see how good you are? What's that mean? Children crossing, school in the area, something like that? Yeah? Okay. National speed limit, which is? Guess who's just passed the test? <laughs> Get in. On, to, on coming traffic has priority. It's nice to see how many people are remaining completely silent. <laughs> if you can see that. End of a clearway. What's a clearway? Second, Steve. You can't stop or park. Absolutely right. That's the end of it. Okay. Thank you, Pete. There's one to be aware of. Minimum speed limit. If you go less than that, you are breaking the law. And just out of interest, because yes, I've been there four hours. I think there's only three or four of those in the country. But be aware of them. And speed up, please. Travel faster. What's that? Sorry, go again. No. Get ready. No. Stop. Be really clear. The amber light on its own. Okay, you're learning something this morning. This is good. The amber means stop at the stop line. And I'm now reading from the highway code. You may go on only if the amber appears after you have crossed the stop line. At which point, let's be clear, you can't see it. So the amber light on its own is stop. <coughs> it was a speed awareness course. It wasn't a don't break the speed limit course. Okay? How aware are you? What would make you more aware? What do you need to put into practice? What are your coping mechanisms? Okay, one thing they did with us which I found really scary, was they showed us a 90-second piece of film. And you were driving through a village in Derbyshire that is just like any other village. And literally, you've just got, you're as if you sat in the driver's seat, and you can see the road panning out in front of you, and what they ask you to do is stare at the screen, and every time you see a hazard that might make you change your speed, your decision, or otherwise, you have to put a tick on a piece of paper. Okay? 
So I'm sitting there and I'm ticking and there's no traffic. There is nothing happening and it's 90 seconds and it feels like it's going on forever. And oh my goodness, this is hard to concentrate. Got to the end and the guy said, right, how many ticks did people get? Who got less than five? One guy put his hand up. And we all thought, I've got more than that. I must be near the truth. I got 17. And actually, I was, I was okay. Okay, I was okay. Or I wasn't until I found out how many hazards there were. Because the police traffic officers do those sort of tests. And every time you pass a junction, every time there's a kid playing with a ball by the side of the road, that's a hazard. That ball could come out and could... How many hazards do you think there were in that 90 seconds? 41. And I'm going to be honest with you, that scared me witless. Because I actually worked out yesterday, and this is quite sad, so I apologise. I worked out, since I moved to working in Liverpool in 2002, and did Bradford to Liverpool for three years before I moved over here, I've actually driven in excess of 200,000 miles. How many people in the room are aware of situations when they've been driving, when periods of road have gone past and you don't remember what happened? So that's most of the drivers in the room. Okay? It's scary, isn't it? How many times do our journeys just pass us by? Not really taking into account what's happened, just going on with the humdrum of driving, and that's our schedule. So they put various things in place to try and make it easy for us. Anybody finish that off? Thank you, Steve. Only a full break to two-second rule. Anybody not heard of that? And by the way, this is not all about driving. I am going to get somewhere. Okay, that is purely and simply, as you're driving along a road, as you pass an obstacle by the side, count two seconds. If you've already passed the car in front of you or where it would have been, you're driving too close. Okay? There you go. That should say, think once, think twice. Say again. Think bike. Okay? You don't see bikes. Don't notice them, we go past them. Here's one that was complete and utter news to me. It's, well, as, I, as you might have gathered, over 30 years since I passed my test. And cars have changed a bit in 30 years. And isn't it hard keeping a car at 30 miles an hour? Yeah? Because actually, by the time you hit fourth gear, the car is ready to accelerate. And actually now, they openly teach third gear in a 30 limit. Okay? That's what they teach. Because then, actually, your engine tells you you're not going to go any quicker. And then there's this one. They tell us to coast. To concentrate. To observe. To anticipate. And that actually gives you space and time to make a decision. Okay. It's not about a driving lesson this morning. It's about awareness. And it's about how much time we spend driving our lives and we are not aware of what's really going on. Our lives are very, very full. Our lives are us, me, going through the motions. 
And I forget about the reason I'm driving. I forget about the reason I'm on the journey. I forget about the reason I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm on a journey in the first place. Bob, can you come and read for us? We're just going to take a reading from Ecclesiastes. And it's chapter 1. Verse 2. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labour, at which he toils under the sun? Generations come, and generations go, but the earth remains for ever. The sun rises, and the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south, and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been done, what has been, will be again. What has been done, will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of men of old. And even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. See, it's all just a vapour. It's all just a void. It's all just another journey. Every morning, getting out of bed going to work, doing whatever we're doing. It's another day. It's another week. It's another life. Is it really? Is that it? Is that what we're here for? See, maybe the road in front of you this week hasn't got 41 hazards. It hasn't got things that are going to jump out in front of you and distract you. It hasn't got 41 things that may cause you to change speed or change direction. Oh, but I tell you what, I hate this song on the radio. I'm going to have to change it. Is that my mobile ringing? And did Deb say to me that I needed to turn left before or after the petrol station because I know my sat nav's wrong. Or maybe this week looks more like that. And it is Spaghetti Junction, yes. And you've got a few challenges in front of you that mean you've got to have your wits about you. So, Which is the more dangerous road? 
Which one do you want to drive down? What can you do in either case to ensure you're aware of how you're travelling? Remember what we did with Sarah this morning. Are you being courteous to other road users? It's so easy to forget and just stick your foot down and go through the motions and another day and another day and another day. Have you ever lived for a few years and realised that actually they've just passed you by? And you're not really aware of the journey. And you really didn't take in the scenery. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and now you can retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. And just then, God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die. And your barn full of goods. Who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. We have to steep ourselves in God's reality. Jesus continued this subject with his disciples. Don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or if the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your inner life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the ravens, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, carefree in the care of God. And you count far more. Has anyone by fussing before the mirror ever got taller by so much as an inch? If fussing can't even do that, why fuss at all? Walk into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They don't fuss with their appearance. But have you ever seen colour and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know God and you know the way he works. Steep yourself in God's reality. God's initiative. God's provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the kingdom itself. What journey are you on? Don't be distracted. 
Where are we going to? Who are we travelling with? What's the rules of the road? Ecclesiastes says this. Make the most of what God gives. After looking at the way things are on this earth, here's what I've decided is the best way to live. Take care of yourself, have a good time and make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. Yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's gift. God deals out joy in the present, the now. It's useless to brood over how long we might live. Live for today. Live for God. Focus on the immediate. Not on the might be. You've seen most of that slide before. How aware are you of Jesus' presence? What would make you more aware? What would you need to do and what would you need to put into practice? Sorry guys. What if today was it? What if today was the last day? What if today was the only day you'd got? What if all this meaningless vapour is about to end? What if it is all just vanity? Every day, every day is a gift. And if at this moment you are sitting there feeling negative, this isn't negative. This is fantastic news. It could not be more positive. Today is a gift from God. Today is a call to celebrate God's gift to you, to me. To be aware of his presence, to be aware of his love, to be aware of his forgiveness, to be aware of his provision, to be aware of his grace, to be aware of Jesus' sacrifice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness, for you are their glory and strength. Psalm 89 and 1 Corinthians 1 are actually the readings for today. But how true is that one verse? 
The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It'll actually still be the power of God tomorrow. Be aware of it. Concentrate. Observe. Anticipate. Give yourself space and time to appreciate what is God's gift. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And it's because of him that we are in Christ Jesus. He has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. When you have a moment where, to use a phrase, your life passes before your eyes, it makes you think. And it makes you think about who you are and where you are. And I think that's part of the reason why we do this. That we think about who we are and we think about where we are and we think about why we are followers of Jesus. And we come into your presence, Lord Jesus. And we come to share a commitment. We come to share a meal. And we come every week to share this day with our God. We're going to sing together. And we're going to sing from the Christadelphian hymn book. Here am my Lord, I see thee face to face. Here would I touch and handle things unseen. Here grasp with firmer hand the eternal grace and all my weariness upon thee lean. Let us pray. Father, we are absolutely gobsmacked at what you do for each one of us. How you stop us in our tracks and say, excuse me, I love you. What are you going to do about it? We're here in front of this table of love because you suffered and watched your son die for each and every one of us. And Lord, we find that baffling. How that you could allow him and yourself to go so through so much pain for foolish people like us. And Father, we are left with only one word to say. And that is thank you. Thank you that you did so much for each and every one of us and allowed your son to do the same. And Father, as we see the road ahead, we look to this bread and we ask that you will fill us with your strength, your courage and your energy to do whatever it is that you or the world throws at us and to help us to do it in your strength that we may succeed but in you. Father, we love you and we say thank you. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you so loved the world, that you so loved each and every one of us here in this room, that you gave your one and your only begotten Son so that each and every one of us might be saved. Father, I'm so sorry for the days, the days that you give me, the days that you give us that go by when I, when we simply don't remember that. And so, Father, please accept our admission and please accept our thanks for this cup. This cup that gives us the opportunity to taste your gift, to taste your gift of life, to taste forgiveness. And so, Father, we ask for your help. We ask that you will help us not to be taken this way and that way by the things that distract us each and every day, but, Father, help us to be guided by the light that is your lovely Son, the Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, may we focus our minds and our all on you, our light. And may we, because of that, be lights in this world. Be lights to everyone that we meet in our daily lives. Because our daily lives, the days that we have as a gift, are our opportunity. They are our opportunity to tell the world that you have saved us. Father, may we make the most of the opportunity. May we make the most of the fact that we have been saved by the blood of your one and only Son. In his name we ask this prayer. Amen. I think we might have seen those three words before as well. Have you ever realised how hard it is to spell manoeuvre? <laughs> that got drummed into me when I was learning to drive. Mirror, signal, manoeuvre. <laughs> For some of us in the room... The journey's been long. For some of us in the room, the journey's just started. Hang on a minute. What do you need a mirror for? What do you need the mirror for in the car? Looking backwards, yeah? I'm telling you now, stop looking backwards. Okay? Forget the journey up until now. Start the journey today. Signal? What's the signs going on around you? 
Be aware of what's happening. Be aware of the situation you're in. And then, that doesn't change. Make your move. Do something about it. Look forward. Be aware of the signs. And then do what God wants you to do. And start today. Let's sing together. Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, be in our lives. Keep reminding us of whose we are and whom we serve. Keep reminding us of the journey we're on. Keep reminding us of the rules of the road. Help us to concentrate on you. Help us to look at what you're doing. And help us to try and understand the part we need to play in that. And Father, more than anything else, help us make space and time in our lives for you. And to live every day as if it is our last.